In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm not here with my co-host. I'm here with a Cleveland superstar who's travelling the world and he's here in London. I'm here with Bob Milligan. Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you? Good, mate. So we met up yesterday in a pub and I thought some of the stories you had were really cool and I thought maybe come on the podcast. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, um, where did you go to college? I went to a college called Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. It's about uh, 200 miles, three and a half hours southwest of Cleveland. But I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. I've lived there about 45 of my 56 years. Any famous Browns players ever played at that college? No. No? They don't have a football team. Oh, okay. It's, uh, they have basketball and baseball, but it's a, a smaller college with no, no football. Oh, excellent. And tell us, headlines, what are you doing in London? I'm actually here for work. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of traveling for work, and I just happened to be in London this week, and, you know, thought I'd try and hook up with you. Excellent. Here I am. And yesterday, uh, you brought us over some uh, t-shirts and jerseys that I bought, so thank you. Yeah. We went and had uh, sausage and mash and drinks in a local pub, yeah. and talked browns. And, yeah, this was quite interesting. I obviously know about the fumble, I know about the drive, and I'm learning about the history of the browns, obviously before I was born. And you mentioned to me... The Red Right 88. Right, right. So obviously I'm a little bit older than you, so I know of Red Right 88. That was actually in January of 1981. I was 17 years old, and I actually went down to that game with my older brother, who was one year older. Cold as living daylights. It was like one degree Fahrenheit at kickoff with a 35, minus 35 or something like that wind chill. The temperature dropped throughout the game, and we were actually sitting in that end zone where Red Right 88 was the play that was called. Uh, they were trying, it was 14 to 12, the Raiders were leading, and there was like 40-some seconds to go. Um, the Browns were down at about the 12-yard line. They had a chance to win the game. They, um, Cockroft, Don Cockroft had a lot of trouble kicking field goals that day because the field was just like frozen solid. They had no footing. They had bad snaps. They had a couple missed kicks. So Sam Artigliano, who's always been known as a gambler, was the coach at the time, and he thought, well, you know, let's try and get a touchdown here because if we try a field goal, we could miss the field goal. And game's over at that point. So, yep. you know, um, it was only, I think, second down. Maybe it was third. I, I don't recall the exact details. But, you know, a lot of people were screaming, field goal, field goal, win the game. But they opted to, to call the play, and the play was called Red Right 88. And it was Brian Seip to Ozzie Newsom in the left corner of the end zone. And it just happened to be picked off by Mike Davis. Um, I was 17 at the time. I'm a short person by nature. I honestly didn't see the end result of the play. I just, everybody stood up. I stood up. I couldn't see. All I heard was everybody dropping the O, F, and O, S, and O. What, what happened? And interception, ballgame. So where were you in the stadium when you saw this? Well, I, I was in the, the end zone. I think it wasn't even called the dog pound back then, but it's actually that end of the end zone with the dog pound. So it was in the end zone. The play literally was right in front of me. It's just that we were, you know, 15, 20 rows up, 
and we were on that corner of the end zone actually so it was literally right in front of me there were just too many people that stood up so I I honestly did not witness the interception itself I just heard everybody screaming bloody murder you know that the game's over so our playoff hopes were dashed and the Raiders went on to win the AFC championship next and I'm pretty I think they won the Super Bowl that year so um, that was my one of my first uh, you know, one of my first bad memories of the Browns, you know, then of course we had the drive and the fumble and, and all that crap. But I, you know, I saw that all on TV. I was never witnessing that in person. Yeah, okay. And Red Right 88, anyone know what that means, where it's came from, or? You know, I'm not sure. I think it was just the, the play design was Red Right 88, which oddly enough, they were throwing the ball to Ozzie Newsom, who's number 82. So, you know, I don't know why it wasn't called Red Right 82. And they actually threw the ball to the left. So I, I don't know why it's called Red Right 88. I just know that was the play call, and you can Google Red Right 88, and it'll pop right up. You know, it's like one of the famous plays in Brown's history, right along with the drive and the fumble. Awesome. And look, yeah, Bob, thanks a lot for uh, explaining that to me. So if we'd have won that game, it could have been the start of a Super Bowl, and then the, the drive, the fumble may not have happened. It could have all been a bit positive. So I, Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. If we would have won that game, maybe we won the AFC Championship game and went to our first Super Bowl. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't. And then we had you know, a couple opportunities against Denver with the drive and the fumble to go to the Super Bowl again and, and failed again. So uh, sometime in my lifetime is my wish that I see the Browns in the Super Bowl. Mm. Well, I ask all my guests this question. Is, um, for, you, for you to go to Super Bowls, what body part would you be willing to give up for... Um, probably most of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I literally, I mean, I would pay whatever I had to pay. If the Browns were in the Super Bowl, I'd give five, ten thousand US dollars to go watch that game. Mate, that's a really good point. I ask um, a lot of people this because I don't really understand the concept of the Super Bowl pricing, getting a ticket. And people tell me like a Super Bowl ticket's like $3,000. Uh, I don't know what the face value. I don't know yeah. if they're quite that high, but yeah. they're pretty expensive face value. But it's the, the secondary market, you know. Yeah. I mean, Joe Fan, like myself, can't get a ticket okay. um, without going to a StubHub or a, a, a private scalper. You know, somebody selling tickets by themselves, and they know, you know, if somebody gets their hands on these tickets, they can sell them for five, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars, okay. and they're going to make a killing on it. But you know, it's just it's unreachable for the ordinary fan like myself. And especially if the Browns were at the Super Bowl, that'd be a sellout. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're always a sellout anymore. Um, yeah, but, you know, with the Browns, I mean, we're the only team in the league that's never been to the Super Bowl, I think. I think so, maybe. Or there might be one other I think team. There's a, I think there's a few others. Yeah, well, there's not many. So, yeah, okay. um, you know, certainly the, the city of Cleveland would go crazy. And the number of people that would want to get their hands on tickets for the Super Bowl would be out of this world. They might set a record for the prices, you know, for like I can see uh, ticket prices on the secondary market because there's you know, tens of thousands of people in Cleveland and, and just in Ohio in general because, you know, the, the Browns have a big fan base pretty much all the way down past Columbus, actually. So tens, if not 50,000s of people would want to go to that game and would sacrifice a lot, you know, just to go to that game. So, Yeah, I don't know an international sport where a final would hold so much money. No. Grand Prix, tennis, rugby, soccer. Yeah, to watch the World Cup. I think I paid three hundred pounds, so about four hundred US dollars. So it gives you an idea. That's a World Cup final. It gives you an idea. But Super Bowl, wow. Yeah, yeah. No, it can get up there for sure. Yeah. So, how am I, an English boy, going to get tickets to the Super Bowl? I don't know. 
a lot of money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> money can buy anything. Okay. You, know, you can always get a ticket. It's just how much are you willing to pay, basically, is what it comes down to. So you think it's going to cost me somewhere like 5,000 US dollars if Brown's got Super Bowl? It could. It could. Jeez. Unless you know the right channels. You seem to know a lot of people. You might, you might have an inside track somewhere. You might be able to find them cheaper. Um, maybe you get lucky and you find somebody that's selling them cheap or you wait till the last minute and you get them cheaper. But, you know, any time, any Super Bowl, the, the ticket prices are extremely high. And to try and buy them ahead of time, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money and your team doesn't make it. You know, I mean, I would like to go to a Super Bowl, but I'm not going to pay that kind of money to go watch, you know, God forbid the Steelers, you know, play the Patriots. I mean, come on. I'd yeah. sell that ticket for a dollar before I'd go to that game because really? I would not want to. No, because I can't stand the Steelers. <laughs> I just absolutely hate the Steelers. I mean, you know, grew up yeah. hating the Steelers. They were our biggest rival. And, and um, of course, I had no use for New England either because I just don't like Tom Brady. And, you know, Bill Belichick was the coach of the Browns, and we cut him. And the guy's won, what, five Super Bowls now after he left the Browns? So, All right, so uh, Super Bowl final, no Pats and no divisional teams. Yes. What would you pay for a Super Bowl ticket? Uh, I would probably give $1,000. Okay. Just to go see the game, just to say it's I went lot, to a Super it? Bowl. It's a lot, but, but, but yeah, I would do it. And the truth of the matter is you probably wouldn't get it for 1000 anyway. No, no, <laughs> no. If I could, I probably would. Yeah, okay, correct. Um, you know, maybe if there were two uh, teams that aren't, weren't that popular, you know, no Patriots, no, no Ravens, no Steelers. Excellent. Well, look, we're a Browns podcast, so we better start talking a bit more Browns. And uh, tell us... Did you go to any of the games in the last season at the um, old stadium? Yeah, I, I went to, I think, a, I, I was thinking it was the last game of the year, but it might have been the second last. I, I remember going to see the uh, Packers game down at Old Municipal Stadium back in 1995, which was the final year of the, the Browns when Modell decided he was moving the team to Baltimore. So, um, But I think uh, I, I've since found out that it was maybe Cincinnati was the last game, so maybe I went to the second last game. Okay, cool. but, um, but yeah, so, and you know, at that point, we didn't know if the Browns were coming back. You know, yeah. they were moving, and it was like, bye-bye Browns. So. And uh, when did you uh, first hear about that? Oh, sometime earlier in the year. It, it just blindsided everybody. You know, it's like, I mean, our beloved Cleveland Browns, who had been around since the 40s, you know, back in the old um, American, I, I don't even remember what that conference was called, but before the NFL even existed, you know, the Cleveland Browns were, you know, one of the first teams in football history. Yep. So... You know, and all of a sudden they're gone. You know, Art Modell wanted a new stadium and the city would not cooperate, so um, yeah. he moved us. And uh, when you first heard the news, what were your, what were your thoughts? You were, were you thinking like, sort of, we're going we're gonna to bring our own team back in a year or this is all no. bullshit or... I, I honestly thought we would never see a team in Cleveland wow. again. It was just complete despair. I mean, you know, I started following the Browns probably when I was seven, eight years old when I could first understand football. And just been a diehard Browns fan my entire life. So, you know, so maybe 71, 72, I started following the Browns, you know, and 23, 24 years later, they announce they're gone. And I was just, it was despair. The whole city was in despair. It was just, really? We've lost our team. So between 95 and I think the Browns started again in... 99, I believe. 99. Who did you support? Did you try Nobody. to support Buffalo? No. Bengals? Didn't watch NFL football. You swore off football. Really? You can't watch it. The Browns aren't playing anymore. I'm not watching football. So you boycotted the whole football? Yes. Yes, sir. Excellent. Yes. Awesome. And uh, tell us, uh, Browns are coming into 2019. The schedule's going to come out very soon. What game are you looking forward to the most uh, for the Browns' schedule? 
Oh, the Steelers, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I think we play the Patriots, too. So I would just like to beat down the Steelers twice and just blast the Patriots right out of the right off the field. Yeah. D- so, humiliate them. Don't just beat them. I think there's something like we haven't beaten the Steelers in Pittsburgh since 2003, I think it is. That could be right. It's been a bad stretch. Yeah. Um, Roethlisberger and the Steelers have owned the Browns since we came back in 99. So I'm looking forward... Supposedly they're on the downswing and we're on the upswing. So you know I'm, I'm I'm rooting for a sweep this year. Let's beat them both times. Let's beat them handily, not just a close game. Let's just really destroy them. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, the Steelers game. So I really want to try and get uh, go out to uh, uh, Pittsburgh and see that game because I think we've got a good chance of winning this year. I do too. And uh, where were you when you found out about OBJ? Uh, I believe I was actually in Dubai. Yeah. So on another business trip. So I just started getting tweets and, you know, text messages from people. And, you know, I, I go to cleveland.com to get the sports news for, for the Browns and everything. So there were rumors about it, and I doubted it was going to happen. But, you know, I'm a fan. But it sounds like you travel more than me. Uh, I don't know. You told me your travel plan's coming up. I take one trip a month, basically. They just happen to be longer trips. So, <laughs> um, you have a lot of trips coming up. Okay, cool. And uh, what, uh, what positions do you think the Brown needs coming into the uh, draft? Well, I think the biggest need right now in my mind is cornerback. Um, I was a huge fan of Jabril Peppers. Yep. I hate to see him go. However, to get OBJ for him, I think it's well worth it. I just think we have to replace that position. Um, I think we might need a little bit of help at linebacker and probably somebody on the offensive line. I think the, the left tackle position has just been kind of a question mark since Joe Thomas retired. So, you know, people have filled in admirably, but, you know, we need a strong left tackle. I mean, you know, that's the guy that's going to protect Baker in the future. Um, You've got to have a solid guy at left tackle. So, Awesome. And what do you think the Browns' win-loss record is going to be this year? Well, I am the eternal pessimist. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just always am, just because I have been so close so many times in my life with the Browns, the Indians, the Cavaliers. <laughs> and so I know there's, like, bubbling optimism for the season. I think a lot of people just think that we're going to easily win the division, we're going to the playoffs, possibly the Super Bowl. I'm hoping we make the playoffs, but I'm going to be a little more cautiously pessimistic and predict a 9-7 and seven season. Okay, that's not too bad. No, no, and it's still an improvement over last year. And all I ever say is, can we just get a little bit better than last year? You know, unfortunately, we were 1-15 a few years ago, and it's like, okay, can we do a little bit better? And then we went and went 0-16. So, you know, we just went actually backwards from a one-win season to a zero-win season. So from that point on, it's like, okay, let's go to 3-13 and 13 and then 5-11 and 11 and then 7-9. and nine. Just show me an improvement every year and I'll be happy with that. So If we went 8-8, eight and eight, would you think that's still an improvement? I would. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's going the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got to remember, that Super Bowl window, we've only got it for three, four years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know... If Baker, um, I'm optimistic about Baker performing. And, you know, um, a lot of quarterbacks, they talk about having a rough second year. Um, People are talking about Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Um, I'll admit I was not a fan of the draft pick of Baker. I just thought, you know, he was not a good pick. He was not a good fit. I was afraid he would be Johnny Manziel Jr. Um, But my friends all challenged me, and I said, you know what, I hope he proves me wrong. And last year he has proven me wrong, and I hope he proves me wrong for 15 more years and wins his 10 championships. It's really interesting you say that, Bob, because um, when I was making the Game of uh, Game of Thrones draft edit, I went back to look at some um, Baker Mayfield draft reactions, and if you're honest, 
you watch back the videos from the draft and you see the fans' reactions, most of them are upset with the uh, pick. Yes. And now, Baker can't do any wrong. So, uh, But again, I, I, that's me. Um, we were actually at a draft party at the local... Um, bar and grill that we hang out at, and there were about a, probably a hundred of us in there, and the react there were boos, there were people screaming, there were people throwing things, and you know, and there were cheers, of course. And again, I'm prove me wrong. I love the guy if he proves me wrong. I just I didn't agree with the pick at the time, but you know, he performed way beyond my expectations last year, and I'll, I'm hoping he keeps it up. Um, if he goes eight and eight, I'll think okay, well he's settling into his role, you know, and then maybe next year's ten and six, and we're in the playoffs, and then twelve and four. You know, maybe we become a dynasty. You know, I'm rooting for the guy. Uh, again, I wasn't a big fan at the time, but hey, prove me wrong, please. Excellent. All right, Rob, look, thank you so much for your time. Can you tell us where we can find your details? Uh, I'm, I'm not much of a social media guy. I'm a little old. I'm on Twitter. Um, Do you know your handle or not? Uh, BB Milligan 5, I believe it is. Well, look, guys, you can simply just uh, click on the link and I'll, I'll make sure I pull it in there for you. But Bob, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I have not interviewed anyone like this face to face for about six months. I'm on, this is the original mic that I first used when we first started right. it. We normally do everything over the uh, computer, so it's been really nice talking to you. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting all the schedules out over the next 24 hours and uh, finding out who the brands got. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure, Paul. I really appreciate you, you getting me on this podcast. And when you get to Cleveland, look me up. Excellent. I've got your telephone number. And last question. Sorry, I'm going to squeeze in. How was it meeting Paul Brown in London? Oh, fantastic. Beyond belief. You know, when I knew I was coming to London, I'm like, I wonder if there's any way I'll meet this guy when I'm over there. And then you put out a tweet about, can anybody bring some stuff? And here we are. Excellent. Great dinner last night and now tonight. So thank you. Appreciate it. Bob, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Go Browns. Go Browns. Done. Thank you. Uh... What is my Twitter name? I don't even know. I'll, I'll give it to you. You can put it in the link. No, I'll get it for you. <gasps>